This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Make Your Pitch. As you know, we bring together entrepreneurs with investors <clears throat> with, with uh, the <laughs> intent of making sure that the in entrepreneur has the right tools to work with in order to get the investment he needs to grow his business and to fulfill his dreams. Today, we have a very, very special guest who's joined us, who is the, the very master of, of uh, pitches. She has done a tremendous job throughout the internet, throughout the world. She spoke all over the world about pitches, and I don't want to tell everything about it because I have my co-host, Ellen J. Harris here. I'm Christopher Knight. And I'm Ellen J. Harris. And, <laughs> and before today, get, before I get too tangled up here, why don't you tell us a little bit about Precious? Okay. All right. So we have the opportunity to have the proud founder and CEO of Perfect Pitches. She has spoken at the, pitched at the top Fortune 500 companies, a successful service-based entrepreneur, and speakers hire her to slay all competition. And you probably know who I'm referencing, but I like to do a little bit of a tease. Uh, Perfect Pitches by Precious teaches the art and science of killer pitches and presentations that bring out your wow factor. So it is a real pleasure and honor for us to present to you today's guest, Christopher. You're muted. We have, of course, Precious with us. And Precious, if you're ready to get started, I'd love to have you give the audience a little bit of the juice that you flow with. <laughs> okay. Ladies, ladies, it's Valentine's Day. And you finally met the man of your dreams. You know what time it is. It's time to find some sexy, sexy, sexy lingerie to set the mood off nicely. But you weigh over 200 pounds. What's a big girl in the city supposed to do? Well, if you're anything like me, then you went to Victoria's Secret and you found out that they don't even make a bra in your size. So then you went to Ashley Stewart and Lane Bryant and you didn't really like the selection. Finally, as a last resort, you went to Macy's where your choices are black, beige, and white. Again, what's a big girl supposed to do? Well, that's why I created Curvy Girls Lingerie. And Curvy Girls Lingerie were the ultimate shopping experience for full-figure divas and plus-size uh, specialists. 
And just so we're clear, there are over 40 million women's size, 14 or larger in the United States, just like me, and we all want pretty underwear. And it's just too bad the most mainstream lingerie companies don't create anything for women our size. And so I hear what you're saying. Have you made any money? Where them dollars at? Where them dollars at? In our first six months of operation, we crossed six figures with our innovative website, with our direct home party sales model where women would buy in and become our stylists and introduce our lingerie to their network. And then we went on a nationwide tour to introduce our lingerie to communities that would never have access, rural communities. We went all over. And we really wanted to show that curvy women matter. Not only do they matter, it's more of us than they is of anyone else. And so if you like red hot, sexy and fresh lingerie, and you got a little bit more meat on your bones, you should check out Curvy Girls Lingerie. My name is Precious Williams. The name of my company is Curvy Girls Lingerie. Thank you. And that was part of the award-winning pitch that got me on season eight in 2016 of Shark Tank. And trust me, it was longer, but I give you give you a little taste, give you a little flavor for what a pitch could sound like. And if you notice, that was telling a story. It wasn't just giving out just facts, figures, and statistics. But now you know that this is a big, this is a big market. There's a lot of people who haven't been focusing on this market. There's a lot of women walking around feeling like since nobody creates it, that they don't matter. And I was here to say, yes, you do. I started my company when I was 327 pounds. Did you hear what I just said? I'm three, I was 327 pounds. I was told I was too fat, too black, and didn't have an Ivy League degree. Never mind the fact that I have an English degree from Spelman College and a law degree from Rutgers. Never mind that I worked at Sullivan and Cromwell and clerked for a federal judge in the Southern District. Never mind all of that. People kept saying, there's no way you get on television. There's no way you could do this. And I wanted to prove them wrong. So when people tell me what I cannot do, I could try and just prove them wrong or I could prove myself right. And so when I started my first company, I didn't have any money to get started. I quit my attorney positions and you know, did all my research, got my business plan together and everything like that. But I had no idea that the first pitch I would ever give would be to producers at MSNBC at a small business awards here in New York. And they loved it so much. They put me on your business with JJ Ramberg and I did the elevator pitch. I did the elevator pitch summit and walked away with $500,000. Not bad for someone who had negative $400 in their bank account. And then I became a 13 time national elevator pitch champion who then was able to go on all of these great shows, Wall Street Journal, CNN, um, you know, movies, documentaries, and just showcasing what a pitch really can do. So most people think of pitching for investments. And I'm here to say you pitch every day. And so when you think about it as something that you do every day, you'll start to treat it a little bit different. But let's say you're just doing it for investments. You really have to answer this question. And I'm not taking away from the host at all, but I just want to say this. So many of us get caught up in, oh, you know, these are the basics. Da, 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 da. I got that. That's good. And I'm like, not good enough. You have to really answer the question they're not really asking you, but it's in the ether, it's in the air. Why should they invest in you? What do you bring to the table that no one else is doing? And how are you doing it with your own unique flair? Are you a company that's jumping on the bandwagon of a trend or are you the trendsetter? Do you, are you a visionary and a trailblazer or are you someone who's just like, you know, everybody's making money in this. Let's get let's get on this. And that truly makes a difference. And so for me, starting Curvy Girls Lingerie wasn't about, you know, doing what Victoria's Secret was doing and making it and making it for 
for women with more meat on their bones, it was truly transforming how women saw themselves when they could see that someone made it specifically for them, not for women smaller, for them to showcase their curves and to you know say that, hey, you do not have to have six pack abs or anything to be loved. You don't need to have any of that. I want you to love yourself from the inside out and here's something to help you get there. And so I came from an altruistic uh, purpose but I definitely want you all to know these are the questions that are always in the air. And even if they never ask it, that's always around. So make sure as you're creating your pitches, you're really speaking to that, that question is always in there. Why you, why not someone else? Why not invest in someone else? Why not go with someone else? You know, and things like that. So let me stop. <laughs> well, no, no need to stop. You're doing fine. Now let's, let's, uh, let's uh, tag in the area of, you're going in and you've got uh, focus on investors just for a moment. You go in and they're going to give you one minute to mm -hmm. convince them that they want to learn more. How do you how do you approach that? If you're talking, I can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear okay. me now? Yes, I hear you. Okay. Uh, it we're talking about a one minute uh, situation. Mm -hmm that mm -hmm. uh, you're walking into an investor and right. that investor just, he just wants to hear a tidbit and one minute, you know, see if he's interested or not. How would you approach something like that? Um, I would approach it like how I normally approach pitches with my, with my clients. So, you know, you definitely want to have the basics, who you are, what you do, who you serve. You definitely want to have a powerful call to action excuse me, you definitely want to have a powerful call to action. You want to make sure that you you put in there about your secret sauce and you definitely want to put in there about like a couple of statistics so they know that this is our, this is real. But also, if you have the opportunity, do your background research on those on that particular investor. What do they usually invest in? Who is in their, who's in their network? Because it's not just about that particular investor. There might be other people that this person is around. Even if they don't invest in you, they can see you going somewhere else. And so when, when it comes to real pitching, when it comes to real pitching and you understand the basics, now you take it into overdrive. Are you telling a story in a short period of time? What kind of story are you telling? Is it relatable? Is it something kind of fantastic and, and crazy? And one of the things, if you notice that with my clients, what I do is I, I say, you know, start with a question and you're not, you're not asking, you're, it's almost rhetorical because it doesn't matter what they say. Uh, start off with a, a, a question, a startling quote. A statistic drop some books but you want all eyes on you and so you want to make sure that there is not a distraction you're going in you want to grab their attention and so when i say ladies ladies it's valentine's day you know like people are like whoa everybody understands valentine's day paint a picture of where you want them to go in the midst of you telling whatever it is you know most people most people don't even see women with more meat on their bones. It's almost like they're invisible, but they're not. And so think about, like if I had came in and said, hey, big girls need love too, plus size girls. One of the things that I, I, I say to my clients all the time or to just people in general, how do you win an unwinnable situation? It came from suits. You rewrite the rules. So one of the ways that I rewrote the rules is if I change my language, I change the game. If I say that um, plus size women or big girls, people are like, ah, uh, that's nothing. But when you say full figure divas and plus size fashionistas, 
what? What are they? I'm like, I'm standing right here. And I'm cute too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just going in with that that confidence. And I know everybody doesn't have confidence. So I always tell people, faith it till you make it. Faith it, not fake it, faith it. You know you're supposed to be somewhere. And, and the way to get there is through that investor or get or through that crack in the door. You do it. That's why they call me the female MacGyver of business because I deliver. I don't care who I got to go through to get there. I'm going. Now, Freshness, <clears throat> the one thing you do uh, which I picked up on when I first saw you present, you build in a lot of entertainment into your talk. And I say to uh, uh, startups that come to us to present, you know, I say, you know, lighten up a bit and mm-hmm. make it fun. Because mm-hmm. if you make it fun, the entertaining side of what you are presenting will come through. It will. Speak to the audience about building in entertainment because it doesn't come naturally to all of us. I could be a very serious uh, Mm -hmm. presenter, but you have mastered that technique. Share with us how you do that, please. Well, you know, I I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and it was it was rough life. It was a rough life. It was a rough life. And it's funny, like I feel like my personality more developed in when I lived with my grandparents from 15 to 18, and uh, you know, because I grew up you know, being abused by my mom and my dad was absent because he was a drug addict. When I would go live with my grandparents, I used to sit and look at them and they were funny to me. And they enjoy, like we had leave it to be for lifestyle. I swear in the hood, we had, we would sit at the kitchen table for breakfast, lunch, I was at school and dinner, we sat at the table. So, you know, when I would come home, it was like big news to them because they were like, oh, what happened to school? Well, yeah. And, and so my grandmother encouraged that. She didn't want me to be this stick in the mud. She wanted me to just, you know, really express. She said, because when you talk, people pay attention to you. They really listen because the way you engage. And I understand that that's not everybody's like forte, but I know for me and when I'm, you know, teaching other people, it's like, you can be quiet. You can be a quiet storm. Like as big as, as big, as big personality as I am, the quiet storm will just draw you in. They just draw you in because they're, they're quieter. And they 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 harness the power of their gift. So I'm loud and in your face. They're just like, they have stories, they have all this other kind of stuff. But as they as they as they as their voice gets quieter, now you're paying attention because people who don't speak very much, when they talk, you know you pay attention because you're like, ooh, she's about to drop some, <laughs> she's about to drop a dime, she's about to drop some bombs. So when it comes to entertaining and and everything. That is why investors, I remember I did a, a, a global investor conference um, last year and I was on the panel and it was venture capitalists, angel investors, and, and they were so fascinated with how I pitched because they were just like, they're always looking to say no. And they were like, we can't say no to you. Like you're very different in how you, it doesn't matter if someone's wearing a three-piece suit. It doesn't matter if they're looking, whatever. You know how to just look them in the eye and just go. If, if they don't understand, you're there. You, you you paint the picture, but you also are bold and unexpected. And if they think they know everything, you can still hit them with, you know, your number statistics, you know what it takes to run a company. You know, you've researched the market. You did the primary, the secondary research. No one did this for you. You did this. And so again, it's lingerie, but the same thing can be said about technology. The same thing can be said about financial services. You know, Focus on like something that's relatable to a lot of people and then do it with a twist. 
if they're expecting you to talk about money and you're just like, well, you know, you know, a couple of billion, you know, no, nah, I mean, go in, go in. And so the reason why I make things entertaining is because when I'm training, when I'm teaching, I'm not a lecturer. I'm interactive. I want to hear women hooting and hollering. I want to hear men like, what? <laughs> you know, I want that. And that's why I named my book, Bad Bitches and Power Pitches, for women entrepreneurs and speakers only. And I knew, listen, I knew it was going, I knew some people were going to be like, <laughs> that title. And for three years, I sat and was worried about what other people thought. And then finally, when I wrote the book, and we put it out there. I didn't expect Forbes magazine to reach out. I didn't expect to have a billboard in Times Square. I didn't expect for the government, the Federal Reserve Bank, NBC Universe, all these people, to, all these companies to buy my book. Because remember, everybody would tell you they wouldn't. And the reason why they did is because first of all, you have a track record. And second of all, I would much rather read a book with that title than The Art of the Killer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Now, um... When I think of the Securities and Exchange Commission, which in my business I kind of reference regularly, um, for it, it, it's truly buttoned down, three-piece suit, collar, all that. What was it like? Describe what it was like to present to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Oh, it was actually, for you, it's the Federal Reserve Bank. It's the Federal Again, I am going for SEC. <laughs> no, so for the Federal Reserve Bank, first of all, I just need to say this. So a lot of the speaking engagements that I get, you know how people just apply and apply and apply. I hope they get in. It's funny, when people hear me speak, I usually leave a speaking engagement with three or four already lined up because people just love it, right? And so I was speaking at Spelman College. I was speaking at Spelman College. Uh, they were having a, a professional symposium for alumni. And so I think it was all the HBCUs together, yeah, whatever. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, all oh, about to show my pitch. I'm about to go in so I'm doing this physical speaking engagement in Atlanta and I live in New York. So I'm, I'm crushing, I'm killing the game, I'm killing it. And afterwards, this woman walks up to me and she's like, you know, I work for the Federal Reserve Bank. <laughs> Jigga who? Jigga what? You know? And she was just like, you know, um, Spelman's having a, um, what do you call it? Like a semi-annual conference or a bi-annual conference. We'd love for you to speak. It's gonna be the four seasons. I'm like the four seasons. They take people like me in there. All right. But then, okay. So finally came back with the Federal Reserve Bank, and she was like, "We have to do a run through. Um, I think some people are a little nervous about you." Okay. So we did the run through, and you know, I was still precious the entire time. Still precious, and and so when it came time for the day of, they didn't tell me that I was a closing speaker. Oh. They didn't tell me I was a closing keynote. See, see how they did me? They did me like that. So, you know, I come in and I'm like, oh, I said, I said, uh, they ready? She said, I'm ready for you. So I know they got to be ready. So I come in like a wrecking ball. And they're just like, <laughs> when it was over, when it was over, they were literally buying the book for their wives, mothers. I, I was shocked. And, and so my connect there, she, who works there uh, pretty high up, she said, we had a conversation afterwards about you. You're coming back twice next year. She said, you know, the fight to pay you is no longer a fight. You proved yourself. She said, people who doubted you, there's no doubt anymore. So was it nerve wracking? For most people, it would be nerve wracking. For me, it was like, listen, I, this is what I do. So there's always gonna be nerves, but 
when you are in your zone, like I'm not teaching, I, I don't know, uh, what's it called? Statistics. If I taught statistics, <laughs> but teaching pitching and then teaching messaging and communication skills in a very unique way, they were loving it. And also I didn't come in a suit and I didn't want to. And one of the things that I think we should all embrace at some point is you can be like everybody else or you can choose to be a little different and highlight that difference in some sort of way, right? So I changed, I have wigs in all colors. <laughs> I have the way I look in all ways. And so people are never sure how I'm going to show up. They know it's going to be cute, but they just don't know how I'm going to come. And when I come through, I'm, I, there is congruent with my character. It's congruent with my personality. It's congruent. Um, one of my um, friends, she hit me up a few days ago. She said, I think I saw one of your clients on Shark Tank. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, because the way she talked reminded me a lot of you. Not like not like your exact personality, but it reminded me of you. And she said, I knew you had to tell us. I did. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Make Your Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. <laughs> but you know, I, I've got, uh, got, got to ask the question here. It, it, the excitement and everything, I, I love, I love, I love. But if I had a piece of software that was just kind of a, you know, a nondescript uh, piece of software that connected to another piece of software, how can I get people excited to, and use that technique on something like that type of product? Well, I think that that also goes back to like, you're not like, like if you're my client or someone that I'm working with or a company that I'm working with, I'm going to do the due diligence. It's not just like we just meet for these five minutes and I'm just going to have you out there just doing it. Right. So I need to understand what's really, what's really going on. And I'm going to see something in your technology that you're not going to see because you're too into it. And because I'm an outsider's perspective, I might see something that you haven't highlighted that a lay person, even if you're meeting with investors, there's always someone else there who's able to see something else. And so as much as it's great fact statistics, you got this great software is popping, it, you know, whatever, really making sure that it's really hitting the target market right, with where they want to be or where they aspire to to be and there's always a story in there you might have started because listen i was looking for a couple of dollars i was you know I'm, i got this big brain i'm mit grad and stuff like that but it's going to affect someone else differently it's kind of like when windows i think when windows first came out oh girl I'm, I'm dating myself when these programs first started coming out i'm sitting up here like and when somebody you know trained on how to use it and they, they did it a different way i was like i get it now I need this like white on rice. I don't care if whatever computer, I gotta have that Windows, I gotta have this, I gotta have that. And so I know that most people are focused on the entertainment part of me. And then when they start, when I start training and going in, they're like, 
I understood it more because you hit on so many different senses. It's not just this visual, it's not just auditory, it's all of them together so that anyone who's listening gets an understanding of what it is. So I can understand that it, look, it can be a boring software, but there's still things that I'm going to see that you don't see in it because you're too close to it. Very good. Now that if you were to give, uh, oh, just a hint on for the top five things people should even consider when they're thinking about doing any type of uh, any presentation or a pitch, can you, can you boil it down in kind of the, you know, the top of the rank here? <laughs> um, yes. I first think that it's, it's very important to think about who, who is your audience, right? Who's, who's going to be in the audience and who is your product or service directed towards, right? So, you know, if you know you're speaking to investors or you're speaking to the media or you're speaking to a networking group, okay, that's great. But are they the end user? Are they the person that someone in this room may refer to them? So making sure you're understanding the different audiences that are going to be there. Number two, really answering the question of why you, why your company, why your product, your service, why your book, your this and that, why? You know, number three, you know, I think it's very important for all of us, like when we're putting ourselves out there, have you done the competitive analysis and can you demonstrate that? Competitive analysis and not just like, hey, these are the top 10 people in the, this is not, these are the top 10 people doing this. So this is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, no, 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 that's the best basic. You have to understand what they're doing, what you're doing, what are they offering that you don't, what are you offering that they don't and exploit the gaps. Just exploit the gaps. It's not enough to just say, oh, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, da, da, da. that's cute. But what do you do that's different? What do you do that's similar? And then be able to qualify and quantify that, right? So they know you, you listen, you come and correct. What is your value proposition? What is your unique selling proposition, right? What are the channels that you're going to use to get to, to the end customer? What, what relationships do you have? Like all those things need to be brought in. Of course, you want to have a powerful call to action because you want them to do something after you pitch. If you're looking for money, um, how much money, what's it going to be used for? If you want them to go to your website and download a free something, like I have a quiz, like I have a free, um, what's your next power pitch play? It gives you a customized report. So it's not just like, oh, I click on it, I look at it and I'm gone. No, no, no. This is requiring you to answer some questions because you're going to see how the algorithm turns out to show you how to start pitching. Right. And that's the way my brain thinks. It's not enough just to look at it on the screen, but like envelop, get it into their soul. Right. If you want them to sign up for something, if you want them to schedule a call, make sure that that's clear to them what you want them to do. And then finally, I do want you to have fun with it because too many people are so serious. And we, we've gone through a pandemic, an economic downturn, social unrest. So people are feeling all out of source. If you show that you have passion, energy and intensity for what you do, you will be heads and tails above others who have no idea, right? So you might say to yourself, most people used to say to me, I don't know how to use you. I know you pitch and I know you've done all of this sort of thing. And so I started paying attention to that. I started asking, I started asking <clears throat> prospects different types of questions because I was realizing there's a disconnect with just understanding pitching. And when I started asking different questions over, you know, weeks, I started realizing a lot of people don't have the confidence to pull off a pitch because they don't have the confidence to speak. So I need to incorporate speaking 
speaking lessons and trainings because some people really want to be speakers, but they don't know how to pitch themselves. They don't know how to pitch them. They may have a great message, but they don't know how to really get out there and get people enrolled in what it is that they're talking about. And then, so I started, I created hashtag rockstar confidence. Um, I, I created the killer pitch introduction, the killer pitch um, elevation mode, uh, kids will pitch another level. So there were so many different levels to what it is I'm doing. Also showing people and educating them that just because it looks easy coming out of my mouth does not mean that there's not a technique there. And just like with anything else in life, even if you were a TikTok star, there's still, I'm not Charlie D'Amelio. How'd that happen? I'm 42. You know, so again, really showcasing the people that pitching as easy as it sounds coming out of my mouth, when you try and do it and you're like, blah, 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 blah. is it a confidence issue? Is it that your, your message sounds good to you, but it doesn't need to be fleshed out more? What do you need to be putting on social media to make yourself a thought leader? And I'm not saying a thought leader because somebody else said so. It's because you crowned yourself so. What are you putting out there that's attracting your, attracting your prospects and target market to you? Let me give you an example. So I spoke at LinkedIn's conference last year. It's called Transform Her. Um, and it was it was a great conference. I you know I killed it. You know ran out the rooms crying. I had my books. Women were just throwing money at me. I was like, oh, make it rain like snow. All right. <laughs> so. As I'm outside, you know, got my a, a producer, a television producer walked up to me. She said, you're different. I can see you on our network. Now, you know, your first mind, that's St. Louis. <laughs> it happened. And so thinking about it from the position of as, a, as you're pitching, what are you asking for? And what other relationships can you take from this? So let's say you get the funding or you don't get the funding. Someone in that room has seen you do something extraordinary. Following up with people, paying attention to who's really paying attention to you and, and staying on their radar. I won 13 national titles. And as great as getting that money was, I still know those people today who follow my journey. And just see me in the midst of a pandemic and economic downturn and social unrest. They looked, they saw she posts five times a day, five times a day. I ain't saying I do it, but at least I do three, you know, and they're looking because they're hungry. They're looking for what's an inspiring quote. What is she saying about pitching? What is she doing in this? She has her own LinkedIn live show. All of this is because of relationships. So keep that in mind. It's not just the money. It's not just the investment. How do you nurture that relationship? How do you how do you keep it paying off in different ways and getting you into different networks and circles and stuff like that? So that's that's what I would say, Chris. Okay, I I have this question for you. You are really um, in my mind expert in self promotion, and not everyone can do that very well. <laughs> <laughs> and you're speaking of it indirectly. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you for, okay, I, I'm looking at those startups. Now they're already nervous about their product and making the presentation, but the self-promotion, how do they become accustomed and, and, and comfortable with self-promoting? Your best advice. My best advice is I'm on my Kanye every day. I'm on my Kanye, whether you, you like him or love him, 
whether you don't like him, you can't box him in. He started off as a producer. He wanted to be a rapper. They told him he couldn't be a rapper. Somehow he still managed to do it. He didn't talk about, you know, uh, uh, street, street life and stuff like that. He talked about being a college dropout and not living up to his mother's expectations. And then going into like, what we call it, clothing and shoes, and all kinds of things. Like he couldn't be boxed in. He's not afraid to tell you, I'm worth a billion dollars or I'm going to do this. And people are like, you are crazy. He's like, genius is crazy. That's what it is. So what I'm going to say to you, I want you all to hear me because this is a great question. And that's why I always say I'm on my Kanye because if I don't talk about myself, who is? You might say, oh, well, they'll see you yeah. here. No, 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 no. Not, not everybody has the bandwidth to watch you do something every day. So bring it to their attention. You have to bring things to their attention. Like I just got, I, I'm, I'm having, I'm, <laughs> I just last night, I got the biggest opportunity for my business, the biggest. And when it comes out, people are gonna be shocked and awed. And I'm like, that's because I'm on my Kanye. If I don't let people know what I have done, you can you can pimp Shark Tank for as much as you want, but there's there has to be life after Shark Tank. That's you right. can pimp CNN, and, and and for people who don't have that, remember I didn't start with that, and it started with connections. I didn't start off with that, but my postings were all about forward thinking, and and being different and stuff like that, and embracing that. When it comes to self promotion, you are gonna have people say you brag too much. And then you go look at their stuff and they, they got nothing to talk about. So remember your target market is not, is not everyone. And you have to really realize that everything I do isn't for everyone. I'm really here for the unapologetic women. I'm here for unapologetic men who are tired of being in a box of their own creation or society's creation. They're ready to bust out and launch something new, something different, something funky, fresh fly. That's the people that I rock with the most. Is that everybody? No, there's some people who like conventional quiet it conservative that's them that's not me and so now that I know my audience my audience is always looking for someone who's doing something that they want to do that they didn't believe was possible until they saw me they, until they they saw me do it again I'm from St. Louis I do not have six-pack abs I do not have plastic surgery I'm still a curvy girl in this city of Brooklyn New York and for everything that people have told me I could not do, I just decided I was going to do it by hook or by crook, by being the female MacGyver of business. So even if you haven't done all these extraordinary things, you still have to think like there was a vision put on me and I got to see it through. So every little thing you need to celebrate, every little thing, you think it's just it's just the, the shark tank. No, writing my first pitch, I still celebrate. And I want you all to know that I turned 42 on Friday. Four years to the day, I turned 42, I was 38. I tried to take my life on my 38th birthday. I lost the love of my life, the actor. I became a severe alcoholic and um, I lost everything. So I don't want people to look at me and just say, oh, she always had it. No, I didn't. I lost everything. I was eating out of garbage cans, riding the subway. All of that is true. And to look at myself four years later, when people said it, it couldn't be done, you'll never get on stage again. Those big time names that everybody you know, says, those are the very same people who turned their back on me when I fell because I was so depressed and I was going through a very, very hard time. 
And so when I tell you that there's life after mistakes, there's life after the first sale doesn't go through, there's life after you make that first dollar, treasure it all. Because as you start to rise up again with the grace and mercy of the most high, Amen. you will understand when I say, I didn't need the connections. I didn't need media. I didn't need to grow up rich. What I needed to do was be creative and resourceful. And when people dogged me, or when I started to dog myself and doubt myself, remember the things I was able to pull off and shock and awe myself and the world. So when it comes to self-promotion, remember if people don't if people don't know that you did it, then you didn't. It's almost like social media. Like they say, what was that? If a tree falls in a forest and no one's around, did it really make a sound? If it ain't documented, did it really happen? I agree with that. Now, in these last well, we got time. I need to ask this question. This is important. Okay, when when Christopher and I decided we were going to bring Make Your Pitch to the market, mm -hmm. um, he said, well, we're like Shark Tank. I said, yeah, we're kind of like Shark Tank, but we are not actually Shark Tank and we want to let people know that we're different. Yeah. And so what we do every week is bring on people that we can showcase their different, the, 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 the uniqueness about them. And in right. showcasing their uniqueness, we showcase our own. Yes. So I want to ask this question. For you to say yes, to come and be on Make Your Pitch, that was huge. When Christopher told me that, I said, oh my gosh, how did you do, pull that off? <laughs> but mm -hmm. you came and I thank you for it. What was it about his pitch to you that attracted you to come and be with us today? The first thing is when I read when I read the when I read the email and I, I responded back to him, he responded back quickly with the answers to my questions and they were thoughtful and they answered they were answering the question behind the question. And I really, really like that. Um, I like the fact that he recognized me for my gift and my talent and not just, oh, all you do is self-promote. No, 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 no. That's not all I do. You know, I'm, I'm, I bring so much more to the table and he recognized that. Another thing that I really, another thing that I really like is, I, is the excitement that he had. Sometimes when you're making your way up the ladder, people will come to you and talk about all these amazing opportunities. And then when you peel behind the curtains, there's nothing really there. There's nothing there. All this fake net exposure and stuff like that. And this is my zone of genius. Like a lot of people will want to have me on podcasts and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't, it's not about just adding to the bottom line, but it has to make sense with my time. If this is what we're doing, this is my zone of genius. If you're just talking about, I just want to have her on just to say, we buddy, buddy. No, 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 we're not. You're not going to do that. You're not going to waste my time on BS questions. You're not. And I'm going to know it's BS questions. And so that's what I liked about Chris, I, you know, and I felt the, I felt the real passion. We would really love to have you. In fact, when he asked the question about, do you have any students who you love? Of course, of course, because that means it's not it's not so much me. It's like these are people who work with me. Test them out, test them out, like hit them from different angles. You know, if they stumble, great. Like that's going to tell them, get, get them, make them stronger. Not everybody is set up here perfect. And I don't ever want people to think pitching is perfect. I can tell you in all of my 13 competitions, I forgot my pitches. And I started pulling together in my mind as I was literally talking. I promise you that is like literally how my mind works. Every one of my, I'm, I'm, like, I'm up there talking and I'm like, yo, I don't really know what the next five sentences are going to be because I'm thinking about my 10 minute pitch and I still got 30 seconds to go. What? That's real. 
<laughs> that's real. That's real. And so I don't want to get the perfect story of, you know, everything I did was so perfect. That knew all the right people. No, I failed my way up here. And if I did, if I had the money, would I have even gotten on that show? If I had the money, would I have entered pitch competition? No. So the things that we think will hold us back are the very things that will push us forward. And it's nice to be acknowledged for my talent, my skill set, and my abilities. Not so much Shark Tank, not so much the things that I have done with it, but just know you're respected because you created a lane and moved in it. And that's why I love you said about the uniqueness of these different different talented people who are trying to get their pitches out there and watching them stumble. It's like watching that baby when they're trying to walk for the first time and you're just encouraging them, like, keep going. They get, they fall, they, ah, get up, let's get it. Like, that's what you want. And that's how, how I look at it. And and you're so right. That's, uh, that's what we see on the folks who come on that, that uh, are doing it maybe for the first time or maybe for the fifth time. It doesn't matter. But yet they're still, they still don't have that confidence. They still don't have that, that pizzazz that I call it sizzle. Okay. They didn't have, they don't have sizzle in what they're talking like about. Like bacon. Yeah. It's like bacon. You know, everybody loves bacon, right? Make it sizzle in the process. But anyway, that's, uh, that's what we found. And of course, by them listening to you on this podcast, I think it's going to help a great deal uh, uh, of the folks understand better how to approach it. I can imagine what your students go through. I can, I can imagine the courses that you give and the results that you give. And, I, and I'm looking very much forward to having them own Make Your Pitch in the future here, uh, because I know that they're going to show us something that we haven't seen before in a very different way. So I'm looking very much forward to that. Uh, Precious, we appreciate your being on with us today. I know that you've got some other things that you have to do this afternoon as well, besides chat with Ellen and I, but we deeply appreciate it. So much knowledge, so much enthusiasm, so much there that uh, I would love, I'd love to talk to you for two hours. I wish we could, but that's not the case today. Uh, Ellen, would you like to say anything in closing? Oh, yes. First, thank you, Precious Williams. And for the audience, don't forget to make your pitch. Make your pitch. Exactly. <laughs> I'll see all of you on the next episode of Make Your Pitch. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch. Thank you.